You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network. Hey guys, Holly Cotton here, and I am super excited about our guest today. I have Mario West, who is a former NBA player. He's going to tell us all about his career. Don't worry, because I don't want to misquote what teams he played for, because he has such an extensive career. And also, Mario is going to tell us about his foundation. He's going to tell us about his role as a director and all of these great things that he's doing to give back to the community. So welcome, Mario. Thank you for having me, and happy Wednesday. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, so first thing just to kind of give us some background because some of the things that we're going to talk about, we need them to know, like, you know what you're talking about. This is not just some foolishness. You've been there, you've done that. So kind of give us some idea of your, the teams that you played, who has your loyalty and, and any fun things that you did high school, college, whatever, whatever you want to do, but definitely the pro stuff. Oh, absolutely. Well, again, thank you. I'm I'm really excited, you know, about the conversation today. So thank you for uh, this platform to talk about my journey. So I'm a product of Huntsville, Alabama. I was born in Huntsville, Alabama. So my roots are there. So uh, roll tide when it comes to the football team. I'm a diehard, you know, Alabama fan. Uh, I know a lot of people, you know, hate on the champs, uh, even though we, we didn't have the year that we wanted to. And I don't know if we're going to make the college football uh, playoff. But anyway, um, I moved to Douglasville, Georgia. So I consider Douglasville, Georgia, like my hometown. Um, I moved there when I was nine. And so 28 years uh, I've been here. Uh, went to Georgia Tech. So I'm a yellow jacket. I graduated and got my degree in business management. I played for the great Paul Hewitt at Georgia Tech. I was actually a, a walk-on originally at Georgia Tech. And I ended up earning a scholarship, but I was a freshman with uh, Chris Bosch. Shout out to that Hall of Famer. And uh, Jared Jack, who's also, uh, you know, had a long NBA career and now a assistant coach with the uh, Phoenix Suns. I also played with some other guys that played professionally and really, really helped shape uh, my uh, professional career on and off the court. B.J. Elder, Ishmael Muhammad, Will Bynum, Luke Schencher, uh, Thad Young and Javars Crittenton. Shout out to Thad Young, who's still playing in the NBA. I think he's in his 16th season right now with the Toronto Raptors. Uh, so I played professionally. I was undrafted. I played with the Atlanta Hawks. I was a rookie with Al Horford and AC Law. Got to shout out those guys. Al Horford's still playing right now with the Boston Celtics. So I did three years with the Hawks. And then I, my last year in the NBA was 2011 with the New Jersey Nets. Um, and then there was a lockout. But prior to uh, there being a lockout in between the time that I spent with the Hawks and with the Nets, I spent some time in the uh, the G League for the main Red Claws. Um, so there was a lockout in 2011. And then I went overseas. I played in Dominican Republic, Mexico, Argentina, Philippines, Italy, and France. I retired in 2015 after tearing my uh, Achilles. But I had a wonderful career. I played nine, nine years professionally. I also played uh, in the big three uh, about four years ago to kind of get that last little, you know, uh, basketball out of my system and compete at the highest level. But that was cool. I really enjoyed that. Okay. Wow. Okay. First of all, so for us normal people that would have like a resume, his resume would be like 13 pages long. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, you know, like common folks, everything's all the job experience is written. So that was really extensive. One, kudos to you. That's that's awesome. I love anyone that's living their dream, following their passion. So I'm glad that you got to do that and also do it on a professional as well as use your passion to kind of help you with traveling, seeing the world, experiencing things that a lot of people have never even witnessed, much less played in, lived there, all of that stuff. So super, super cool about that. Okay. So what I wanted to kind of talk about next on what you're doing, because again, here we are talking about life after basketball. So I know Mario is the National Basketball Players Association Director of Off the Court Program. And this program is, he's going to tell us some more about it, but it's basically to help players with that transition. As he said, when he got injured, all of a sudden now he had a whole nother life that he had to start building and figuring out, okay, what's next. So Mario, tell us about being a director of that and what exactly that entails. Yeah. So um, as you mentioned, I'm a director of a program called off the court for the MBPA. Really grateful to uh, first and foremost that I have this, this opportunity to serve in this capacity. Um, After tearing my Achilles in 2015, it was one of those moments, you know, when you go through life and things happen to you, I think a, a natural human instinct would be to, um, you know, if you believe in a higher power, is to say, like, why? Why me? And um, for me at that moment, I had already been through an injury and just life had happened prior to me tearing my Achilles. So I had already been through that phase of asking why. And what I've learned, you know, early on is like, you know, don't question God. Everything will work together you know, for good. And that's actually the scripture, you know, Romans 8, 28. And so for me, it was a moment where I was like, you know what? Okay. What do you want me to do now with uh, my life? You know what I mean? And trying to figure that out. I wasn't prepared at that time. And I think that's what a lot of guys kind of struggle with. It's almost like if you were to ask someone, um, it's like a divorce. And, and I will say, and I say that because it's like, you are married to the game, you play the game, and then one day, you know, out of nowhere, it can be over. For some people, if you ask them, you know, for their divorce, man, they celebrating. You know what I mean? I, I remember one of my favorites. I digress for a second. One of my favorite scenes from uh, Brown Sugar is when he's at the table, you know, and he said, celebrate my divorce. So some people, they're celebrating. But then others, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a struggle. It's hard. It's so much that you put into that. You know what I'm saying? A time that you can't get back and all the things that come with the separation and so for me, um, you know, I struggled. I had my own struggle trying to figure out the new identity, uh, even financially, emotionally, because I had so many deals set up on the table for me to make so much more money. And then it's like, ah, uh, I actually uh, rehab and tried to go back and play after nine months, but I just wasn't the same player. So that was tough for me to come to the realization like, look, hey, you need to, you know, really, really move on. And so you fast forward, um, I was fortunate enough that I was on coaching staff at Georgia Tech. I did that for three years as a director of player personnel, but it wasn't, it, it was a means to an end at the time. You know what I mean? And so I did that for three years. It's like, look, I really want to tap into some of these other resources. Like I really want to grow. Originally, I thought I wanted to be a coach. And so I was kind of going down that path, but it was just something in me. And I felt like I was receiving a lot of resistance when I was going down the coaching path. I was like, I know I'm qualified. You know what I mean? I, I played um, at Division One. I. I played in the NBA. 
you know, not to suit my own horn, but you know how you just know you're qualified for a position. And, you know, God was telling me, hey, you know what? You're thinking too small. And it's a quick testimony. I think sometimes when you're on the brink of a breakthrough, you're going to receive the most resistance, you know, possible. And so for me, you know, that's personally what I experienced. And so this position became available. I went through the whole interview process and interview and I got the job. One way um, that I was able to kind of advance along in the interview process, you know, I have this network. I reached out to everyone that I knew to kind of help speak on my behalf. And that really kind of, you know, sealed the deal for me. And so off the court, is a transition program that serves and assists players following their professional career. We celebrate uh, their career, but more importantly, we want to make sure that when guys retire, that they have a supportive environment at the MVPA that promotes stability, wellness, and growth. And we will help them focus or navigate through the common barriers that most players face heading into retirement. And we group these barriers into five pillars. That's mental health and wellness. That is the brotherhood. That is career physical wellness and financial literacy. And so for me, like I said, all of those were, were interwoven. Like it was the identity piece. Then it was the being disconnected from the guys and the locker room, which is the brotherhood. It was the financial literacy piece. Cause like, look, man, hey, I'm cause y'all ain't got them texts coming in no more. So what y'all right. gonna... <laughs> what you going to do? You know what I mean? So you better have something else or, or, you know, have saved, but even if you save, it's like you have all this idle time. So the struggle for a lot of guys is finding something that's going to challenge them in the same way that the game did, but also be just as fulfilling and rewarding. And so for me, I'm very passionate. Um, I'm a server. I aim to, to please and serve. And so I get the best of both worlds. Not only am I serving, but I'm serving in a capacity of where I struggled the most and then I'm still connected to the game itself. So, yeah, that is what, uh, you know, off the court is. And again, I'm proud of, of being a director. Yeah. Almost three years. Right. And I was going to also say, too, that I, I think that that is something I'm glad that they identified that that was something very common that people were going through because it's true. And and I actually had a conversation with one of my friends who's kind of like mentoring me now in this new phase of things that I'm doing. And I'm always going back and forth of, okay, I've been a nurse for so long. I'm a college professor. I've done this. And, and I just, I like, it's scary going to the next thing. And, and even he was like, okay, but you already been a nurse, like you already done that. So what's next? So it's kind of like the same thing you were saying, like, okay, that that's not defining who I am. I'm not just a basketball player that, you know, I, I, now I've done that. It was great. I had a great experience. And of course you still long for it, but now that's crossed off. So what's next? So I love that for you. I love that. And so what is one of the most common things I know you said with the pillars and, and you know, the different things, everyone kind of inadvertently hits all of those pillars because even if you don't know it yet, it's coming for you. But what is something that you feel like you pretty much talk to every single person or the interaction with that transition? What is like the most common thing that a lot of people struggle with with going from professional even with all of the pillars, they still are like Mario. This, this ain't it. I, I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. So one thing that, that I, I do, and you know, I'm, I'm proud of. Like I said, the good, the bad, the indifferent, the ugly. I always use myself. You know what I'm saying? And, and anytime I'm having a conversation, I don't mind taking it there. You know, I get with a guy on any level because I start at the bottom. I never made 
you know, the, the, the top amount. Yes, I, I made more than the average American and made a lot of money. Um, but it's, it's something that I like to call uh, Batman versus Bruce Wayne. Batman, seven o'clock, you know, he go and, and saves the world. And, and that's how we were viewed, whether you were a starter or whether you were the last person on the, the bench, 14, 15 guy like myself who didn't play a lot in the NBA. But when I did play, I had a huge impact. And I had a huge assignment. And so the perception is that, that you're, you're Batman, you're a superhero. You know what I mean? Like you put on that uniform and you're viewed as, as such. And then when you stop playing, you know, you're viewed as Bruce Wayne, right? Bruce Wayne was rich. You know what I'm saying? Everyone felt like, okay, Bruce Wayne had all the resources. Like he could just live the life and do whatever it is that he wanted. And so when you were step away from the game, you know, and you take off that, that what I like to call the mask, you know what I'm saying? It was a realization for me. It was like, well, shoot, I'm not Bruce Wayne. Like I don't have all this money where I can just sit back and I could just vacation every other day and that I don't have to work for the rest of my life. But some people are like, yo, like, what could you possibly care or what would you possibly have to worry about? You know what I mean? Like, man, you, you, I remember when you played for the Hawks. I remember when you played for the Nets. The thing is, is when you're transitioning, I personally hate it to step out into the community and people reminded me of when I was like that Batman, reminded me of when I, you know what I mean? And I didn't have anything going on. So I would say to, to answer your question, well, first of all, the transition for everyone Everyone is, is going to struggle, but it's not always going to be the same. Some guys, they just may miss being away, you know what I'm saying, from the guys that are competing at a high level. Some guys, yes, the identity, some guys, the financial. So for me, I try to get them to focus on finding their purpose and what they're most passionate about. Once you find that, then from there, you can build everything, you know, else out. You know what I mean? So because that'll help you find the new identity that'll help with, you know, if you find something that you're passionate and, and that's your purpose, you know, money doesn't even, you know, come into factor. You know what I'm saying? Because you're getting fulfilled. You know what I mean? And then you want to wake up every day that, that you're feel, fulfilling that purpose and passion. So I tell them or, or try to suggest, hey, find that. And once you find that, everything else will, will fall in into place. Hmm. Okay, good advice. And two, let me tell you something. Bruce Wayne has some swagger, okay? So I'm going to need you to calm down whenever you're comparing yourself. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, no, you're right. No, no, but you're I get right. it. I, I totally understand. And that's a very good analogy because you're right. It's almost like that that Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde or Bruce Wayne versus Batman because he got some swag, y'all. Um, But, you know, so <laughs> he, he can't be Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. He got to go for the swagger. But yeah, so totally good analogy. And that makes perfect sense. Um, now you explained it to us. We get it. And so that kind of goes, in, goes into, I guess, the next thing I wanted to ask about, because you found your purpose through the Mario West Foundation, and you identified like, okay, I need to be doing something else. So can you tell us about how you came up with your foundation and what your foundation entails? Absolutely. Uh, so, so my foundation, the Mario West Foundation, I started back in 2016. So back in college at, at Georgia Tech, we would spend time um, at the Children's Hospital and we would spend time there, you know, like around the holidays. And I remember this one particular time that, that we were over there as a team. You know how you just you have a moment where you're just so moved and and it's like God is telling you to move in such a way. And so here I am, uh, you know, 19 year old kid. You know, and I was like, you know what? Wow, I want to do more of this. I don't want to just do this, you know, once a year. I want to, you know, kind of create my own 
you know, events or whatever it is and spend time, you know, here at the children. I've always been a firm believer to whom much is given, much is required. I've been blessed. You know, the sole reason that I made it, you know, to the NBA to overcome the odds and things that, that I was able to overcome to make it there is because of God. And, and you know, not that I dotted every I and I crossed every T and I did everything right. But, you know, God's blessings uh, upon me to, to help me, you know, get to where I wanted to get to. And so I felt like I can never repay God. But what I can do is to show him how appreciative I am for all the resources and gifts that he's bestowed upon me by you know reaching out to others and basketball is such a universal uh thing that it has allowed me to connect with so many different people and it's opened up so many doors and so for me starting the foundation it was like you know what this is my way of giving back and this is my way of giving back to the community of people that look just like me people that i come across the people that just need help everyone needs help you know anyone that has ever climbed the ladder of success didn't do it alone you know what I'm saying? Like you needed someone to hold that ladder. You know what I'm saying? And you had to put that ladder on some some uh, some sturdy like ground foundation so that you can climb the ladder. And so for me, uh, like I said, very, very proud of the foundation. So I started off giving scholarships to my high school. And this was very, very important to me because I didn't receive a scholarship to go to Georgia Tech. I had an academic scholarship. And I remember, you know, this conversation vividly with my dad. Um in the kitchen at 17, he was like, look, man, I know we ain't got the money, man, for you to, you know, to go to Georgia Tech, man. But if that's where you want to go, we're going to figure it out. And I remember my parents, you know, taking out loans and everything like that. It put a strain on them financially. And so, you know, fast forward now that I had, you know, got into the NBA and I re really wish I would have did it back then. But, you know, you're young and you're just so focused on the game itself that you don't think about these other things. And so I said, you know what? I want to go ahead and start my foundation and I want to provide financial assistance because I don't want people to feel forced to have to, oh, I got to dribble a ball or I got to, you know, play football. Or I got to do something for me to go to school because if they didn't get receive a scholarship, I didn't want that to deter them from uh, furthering their education and following their dream. So I said, whatever kind of assistance I can provide, you know, I want to start that. In addition to that, um, I also provide benevolent assistance to the homeless I'm sure, you know, in what Texas and just all over, there's so many people that are homeless that without, you know, the basic necessities. I was homeless um, for a brief, brief, uh, you know, second uh, when I was living with my mom and we got evicted. And I remember our stuff thrown, you know, out. And so for me, that really, really touches me because it's like if I can help and if I'm able and willing, I should do it. And so this past Thanksgiving, I did hot meals. I know a lot of people are, you know, doing canned goods and turkeys and stuff like that. But for the homeless, canned goods defeats the purpose. So I physically uh, pass out hot meals. I got to shout out Publix because uh, they give me a great deal on the meals. I partnered with them on getting the hot meals uh, next month for Christmas. I got stockings and the stockings I'm going to put uh, like I call stocking stuff. So I'm going to put hat gloves. Uh, toothbrush, mouthwash, basic like necessities. And then I'll partner with Little Caesars and, and give out pizza. So right now, those are, are the things that I do. So I do some for Thanksgiving, for Christmas. I do my scholarships at, at, in May. And then around February, um, I'll do like uh, coats, gently used coats and blankets. And then also, I forgot to mention back to school. I also do a, a back to school program as well. And so these things, again, very, very important. And really, it was based off of uh, my book. Hopefully I'm not getting too ahead, but all of that's intertwined. My book, uh, 
what was my journey of how I overcame to pursue my dream. And so with the book, that's how you actually get nominated to receive the scholarship. You have to read my book and answer the questions on what it means to defend the dream. And so, yeah, anybody that, that wants to support the Mario West, you know, foundation, go to MarioWestFoundationInc.com and we have a link where you can donate and receive your tax deductible receipt. Yesterday was Giving Tuesday. So, you know, hey, it's hump day. You can still give on Wednesday. We'll take it. Right. We take money uh, every day of the week. I love it. I love it. <laughs> um, okay. And I wanted to ask you this because I, I try to get feedback from anyone. So people that are doing great things, I always try and allow them to elaborate on it because what I explain to people is that sometimes people want to help, but they don't know where to start. They don't know how to uh, to start a foundation. They don't know how to start <laughs> giving homeless people stuff. So can you give us an idea? Because I know you said that it's in your heart. It was a way of you giving back. But for anyone that's like saying, well, I'm retired or I want to do something big. How did you actually develop a foundation to where it's like your name and it's official, official what are the steps to creating an actual foundation? Yeah, uh, great question. The steps to create your own foundation. First, I would also uh, suggest that before you do, find out why are you doing that? Like what is, what type of impact do you want to have in your imprint, you know what I mean, that you want to have in, in the community? You know what I'm saying? Something that's near and dear to your heart. Maybe it's someone that in your family that has uh, dealt with, with cancer um, you know, some type of disease or, or ailment or something, you know, that, that personally fits you, I would recommend, you know, just spending some time thinking about that. Like I said, for my foundation, as I mentioned, not having a scholarship and, and being homeless. And so that's what my mission is. And that's what my foundation does. And then uh, the steps, I actually reached out to, uh, I think it's called the foundation group. They're located out of uh, Tennessee, and they did a fantastic job in helping me set up everything because it's so much paperwork in terms of the filing and everything like that, you know, uh, when you're setting up your your nonprofit foundation and then, you know, set up in a business account and stuff like that with the bank. But they can help walk you through all of that and also staying on track because you also got to have a treasurer and secretary, you know, board of directors and stuff like that as well. And so I recommend just Google. You know, now, I mean, that's the luxury of, you know, uh, the Internet and everything like that. You can just Google everything. It's something that you can do on your own, um, you know, depending on like what level. I think it was maybe either 65. It was no more than like seven thousand dollars. I'm not saying like that's, you know, light or anything like that. But I think in total to set everything up, it was like sixty five hundred or something like that to set everything up. Uh, but yeah, no, very, very proud. And then once you have that set up again, you can Google because there's a lot of government contracts and things like that resources out there that you can get, because I know it's very uncomfortable to ask whether it's family or friends for money to donate. Like a lot of the stuff I put in my own money, you know what I'm saying, to support. Now, I have gotten some great people that have been um, huge donors and, and blessings in terms of what they donate to the foundation. And I'm grateful for them. Uh, but, you know, oftentimes, like I said, it's not the easiest thing, you know, to, to ask people, you know, for assistance. But, yeah, just start there. You can find everything on the Internet. OK, good. Thank you for that. Yeah. Like I said, I always try and when I hear people doing things or doing great things, because sometimes it, it initiates or it ignites 
something in you where you're like, oh, you know what? I like that. Oh, I want to do that. What do I got to do? How do I be a part of it? So thank you for sharing that. And so before we get into your book, I wanted to ask one more question because this is something I'm just being nosy. Um, This is my own personal question, (laughs) but I wanted to know about professional, so professional athletes and anytime I talk to someone that's in the sports arena and is doing it professionally or has done it professionally, I always want to know about how you balance a personal life and the sport, because I know that it takes a lot of dedication and a lot of focus and sometimes relationships they stress you out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> they don't understand. I got a hustle. I got third, you know, I got all of this stuff. So what did you find like when you were actually playing pro ball and you don't have to tell us about who you were dating or whatever, but, uh, or whatever your business was, keep it quiet. But I'm just saying, what were, what, what did you figure out when you were doing that and you were dedicated to basketball of how to balance a personal life with your passion for playing ball. So what 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 version do you want? <laughs> the real one? <laughs> oh, well, hey, say less. Uh I, I would say, you know, early on, you know, for me, and I think most athletes, you know, will attest to this, we have this this special gift of, of tunnel vision. You know what I mean? When we step in between those lines. And we are, you know, playing a game and, you know, we're practicing stuff like that, that we can block out, you know, everything, you know what I mean? Because that's what we do. That's our livelihood. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's the check. Like, you're constantly, you know, trying to win games, but you're constantly like, if you're on a contract, right, you know, your contract is coming up in in a few years or there's certain stipulations, bonuses and stuff like that and certain things that you meet individually or as a team. So you always have to perform at your peak performance. Now, some guys, they get their bread, you know, early and it's like, okay, look, man, I got my bread and I can just kind of, you know, relax and be comfortable. So, you know, maybe they, you know, do a lot uh, more, you know what I'm saying, in terms of off the court. But for me, I was never one of those guys where my contract was guaranteed. So I just had this this tunnel vision. So everything else, you know, was secondary. So, you know, I did enjoy, you know, and fly you out and cater, you know what I'm saying? And date because I was, you know, single at the time and I would, you know, do things that would um every ball player, right? You have access to a lot of different things, you know what I'm saying? And and whether that's, you know, uh, entourage, whether that was, you know, events and you know, whatever, it's all in moderation. You know what I'm saying? And I think when you're young. You're getting pulled in so many different directions. You know what I'm saying? When you're early on in the league, it's like, look, I want to be the best player. Oh, man, I want to, I'm going to kill it. But then at the same time, you're having this access, and it's almost like, you know what, man? I know I ain't supposed to eat that apple, but I'm going to, you know, man, I'm going to have a little bite or something like that. When you're at the little grocery stores, you know what I'm saying? And you pull one of them little grapes or something like that, and it's just tempting. Temptation is always going to be there. But then as you get older, you know what I'm saying? And I think this is what's very, very important about the OGs and the vets. Because they can kind of like, look, young fella, look, I, I heard you out there moving such and such, but look, this is how you move. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is how you do things. Just stay, you know, low key on the radar. If you're going to do those things, make sure you handle your business first, first and foremost, because, you know, that other stuff, it ain't going nowhere. And really, that's the truth of the matter. It's not going nowhere. You know what I mean? 
put that extra time, focus those two, three hours that you have, you know, at practice on the court game time to lock in. Because I have been in a situation where, uh, you know, experienced a breakup or something like that. And you're thinking about that during the game. You know what I mean? And it, it distracts you and you don't go out and perform well. You know what I mean? And I know every person has had where, whether it was with a girl or just some personal in their life, you know what I'm saying? A family uh, situation, you know what I'm saying? That affected them going into the game. You don't need that. You know what I mean? So um, I think the best way to, to balance it is just to, uh, you know, realize too that the game is, is short, Right. Like the average man, maybe like four, four and a half years or something like that. It goes by so fast. So you better make sure that you're trying to get the max, you know what I'm saying, out of the game. And, you know, unless you married and got kids and stuff like that, man. Otherwise, man, I would say be single, enjoy that life, save your bread, you know, and, and just moderation. You know what I'm saying? Right, like right. Saying, so basically what he's saying is that during that time where you are professionally doing something, it's okay to be a pimp because you want to stay. <laughs> you want to be able to focus on the game, and you ain't got time to be worried about responsibilities. We got it, Mario. We 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 right. read between the lines. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, defend the dream is your book, and mm. tell us about that. There it is. He's holding it up for us. You guys defend the dream. And it has a workbook too, right? Yep. It includes workbook questions inside uh, the book, which I think is great because you get to answer, you know, in real time. Okay. So tell us how you decided to write a book because I'm an author too. And I think that we all start off by writing pretty much like an autobiography. Is that kind of like what it is? And then how, but it's yours is like, I think because yours is kind of parallel to my day one, like defining your dreams, how to organize it. So tell us about well, your book. Yeah. So, so, so my book, so I co-authored this book um with uh Shekinah Bolden got a shout out uh Shekinah we actually went to high school together um and and so the moment where when I tore my Achilles right I'm sitting up in in the bed and my leg is propped up and at that moment I asked God what is it that you want me to do now and he said it's time I had been putting off that book for years. Like I said, I, a lot of stuff I wish I would have did, you know, while I was still playing, I could have capitalized out of that, that moment, you know, relevance and, and being in the league at that time and had more support and the book could did a lot more in terms of revenue and sales, but it's still done wonders because if one person read my book and said that, Hey, it inspired them or changed their perspective on them. That's a success regardless of how much, you know what I'm saying? It, it does it, how much in terms of sales, but at that moment, I think sometimes we ask, we put off, right? We say, hey, when such and such lines up, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z, you know, or, you know, when this happens, I'll do this and this and that. That's basically what I have been doing and what I have been doing in terms of putting the book off. And so when it happened, like God will humble you. He'll sit you down. You know what I mean? And so he set me down. It's like, look, man, it's time for you to do what, you know what I'm saying, what you've been putting off. And so I started out and I tried to do the whole autobiography and it was like, ah, and then I was like, you know what, let me reach out to someone that, that that's in this space. And at the time she kind of was, I think, working for like Essence magazine in New York or something like that. Like I knew she had some, some contacts and we stayed in touch. And so basically my book, and I caution anyone to read the book. 
it's not a book about basketball. You know what I mean? Basketball just happened to be my dream. It's a book about life and having a dream and the different obstacles that you have to overcome because it's not just a straight path. So the cool thing about my book is that it's outlined like a game. So if you can imagine watching, you know, whether it was uh, the, the World Series or, you know, any type of championship, you know what I mean? Super Bowl, game seven, right? You don't know how that game is going to, to end, right? Because there's quarters in the game, there has to be adjustments in the game, and the game is going back and forth. So when you read this book, you know, it's outlined like that, like it has quarters, you know what I'm saying? It has timeouts, it has tips, it has, just like I said, like a game. And then you'll see, oh man, the game went into overtime. You know what I mean? Like you're literally glued to the TV. And so that's what the book, it draws you in. So it talks about, you know, my childhood at the age of seven, having this dream, you know, my mom being incarcerated, you know, because she was addicted to drugs. My dad being in the army, my grandmother, uh, being a huge figure, Alberta West, rest in peace. I wish I could just hear her laugh and how she stepped in and really molded me and helped me, you know, stay focused on this dream. And as you mentioned earlier, has workbook questions and stuff like that for the reader to ask themselves uh, in real time. And so basically what we did for the first few months, we, we built out a timeline. Right. And so we built out the timeline and put down, you know, this what happened, this what happened and such and such. And once we built out that timeline, we also interviewed over the phone and she did a lot of recording of me just talking, you know, what I'm saying about the experiences. So then she kind of went back and then filled in that timeline. And then once she pretty much had the, the rough draft of the foundation, then it was like, OK, hey, do you have some quotes or have some things that you kind of like fillers, you know, what I'm saying to kind of put in to make sure that the book is flowing uh, the right way. And so it's a like two years. But one thing I could say, uh, it was very therapeutic because I had to relive some of those most painful, you know, moments, you know, that happened early on in my life that, you know, uh, were a blessing in disguise, but also painful. Some, some things that, that made me laugh, some things that, you know, that made me cry, you know, and that's what you got is with the book, Defend the Dream. I love that, that you mentioned that also, because I always say that, it's those things that you kind of don't even know that are building, building your character. And that's why people are always talking about, oh man, these weak ass kids they got now, they're so soft, they're so soft. Because honestly, we're all in better places because we had these terrible, <laughs> these terrible childhoods that now we never want our kids to hurt. So we get, we, we're giving them these great lives and stuff like that. So I'm glad that you were able to have an outlook uh, outlet to tell your story. So that's really, really cool. Okay. So to wrap up everything, because you guys, Mario is always moving around. His, you think if I'm always somewhere, he's every four times a week, he's somewhere. At least I only go like once a week. Um, so what are some of the, I know you mentioned you have the Christmas project, but what are some of the things that you're working on right now, things that people can support and then drop all your social media and website information and make sure you spell out everything because um, they also, you know, it's audio on the podcast as well. Oh yeah, no, no problem. So right now at the moment, um, the thing that, that I'm most um, like in, engaged in right now is the stockings that I'm doing for the homeless. So I ordered um, some of the stockings for, for Amazon, but oftentimes what I do, I'll go to like a Dollar Tree or Dollar General. They'll have dollar stockings. And so I'll get like a hundred of those. I try to do between a hundred and 200 stockings. 
I've already ordered like in bulk the hats and gloves and stuff like that. And then as you mentioned, even though you said it jokingly that I'm on the road, but I'm on the road so much that when I'm in the hotels, I take all of the soaps and stuff like that, like in the bottles and stuff like that. And I collect that. And That's what I do too. And when I have a homeless event, I give all that out. I'm, I have a big bag yeah. about this big right now. <laughs> oh, I, I got like seven bags like right, that. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'll use mm-hmm. um, to, to put in there as well. In addition, I'll have, you know, some people donate or I'll, right. I'll buy some stuff uh, as well. And so that is the immediate thing that I have, you know, at the moment that, that I'm doing right now. It's just focusing on Christmas and being a blessing, you know, two days before Christmas, uh, like on the 23rd, I think it's my, my target date where I'll get out in the streets of uh, Metro Atlanta and, and pass out, you know, those things. And then after that, we'll look to do the uh, the hats and, and uh, the coats rather and, and blankets, you know, like I said, because that's February, January is kind of like the the colder months, you know what I'm saying? Where it's like, you know what, Atlanta is <laughs> they say it's hot Atlanta. Be cold till December, January. <laughs> yeah. So like right now the sun is out and I'm out. I mean I was out earlier this morning in shorts. The the weather is, you know, crazy here. So that's what I have right now uh going on. I also um am doing I partnered with uh, my middle school. I love going back to my old stomping grounds, like I said, just for the youth to see someone that looks just like them and and know that, hey, I come from where you come from. You know what I mean? So it's no different in, you know, your dreams and aspirations. Like if you stay the course, you know what I'm saying? You can achieve all that you want to achieve. So I'm partnering with them and with the Atlanta Hawks and going to take them to a game. A lot of them have never, you know, seen a game, you know, NBA game. And so it's a mentorship program, but there's incentives. Like you have to do good in school. You can't get into trouble and things like that. Because, you know, teenagers, you know what I'm saying? They're, you know, getting into, you know, trouble and, you know, sometimes having a hard time, you know, maybe home life is not the the best thing, you know, for them, try to provide an outlet for them. So those are the things that I have, but you can follow me on, um, on my social media on IG. My personal IG is Mario West six, M-A-R-I-O-W-S-T, the number six. And then, um, for my foundation is the Mario West Foundation Inc. M-A-R-I-O-W-E-S-T. F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-I-N-C.com, Mario West Foundation. Oh, well, actually, that's the website. Sorry. That's the website. But for the IG, I think it is. I think, no, I think that is the. No, that's your uh, IG, Mario, Mario West, West 6. For, I also, for my. Oh, num- for your foundation. For my foundation. I think it's just Mario West Foundation, Inc. But for the website is MarioWestFoundationInc.com. And then if you're trying to purchase a copy of the book, check out uh, MarioWest.com. That's M-A-R-I-O-W-E-S-T dot C-O-M dot com. So, yeah, um, that's pretty much all my social media platform. Like I said, if you just go to Mario West 6, I always post, you know what I'm saying? So you'll be able to be connected, you know, with with the others and uh i'm very very again appreciative of this time hopefully i help someone listening in and you know i hope someone is encouraged to defend the dream you know so you got to make it happen of course they better be they better be um so fyi y'all when y'all see me on instagram at the hawks game you know where i got my line yap tickets from uh stay in your lane stay in your lane <laughs> 
Absolutely. And 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 when you see her out uh dripped in some defender, when you when you look at her, you say, Oh, I like that. That comfort. Like, well, what is that? Is that defender dream? What can I get? Hey, you know where that came from. Don't worry, I'll tag it. Now, what is your biggest goal for 2023? My biggest goal for 2023. Uh, I'm looking to expand on my scholarships. So I've done four. But I'm actually looking to do five. I, I want to do I want to do five scholarships um, at the end of the school year. I'm looking to do five. I'm also looking to renovate uh, the basketball court at my middle school. That's something that they said that they, you know, there's a need. Anytime there's a need, someone that helps, I'm automatically like drawn to it, and I want to kind of figure out how I can insert myself or the resources, you know, that I have, you know, at my disposal. So. Those are the two that, that come off, uh, you know, jump off right now. I want to do okay, those. Okay, got it. Got it. Love that. Love that. Love that. Love the giving back. Love the huge heart. So, Mario, at the end of all my shows, I end with something called a life check. And basically what we do is just give a synopsis of what today's episode is and why it's important and what are we, what we're trying to help other people do, what to take away from this, all that great stuff. So today's life check, I just wanted to end with it doesn't matter what happens in life. Sometimes you get shown your passion, your purpose through your passion. And sometimes you could be walking on the path and think that it's the yellow brick road and you're never going to come off of it. And then all of a sudden something happens where it's a tragedy or an injury or something else that realign your circumstances. And now you have to figure out what to do. So Mario gave us some great advice about that. Whenever you have to basically just get off of the path that you've known your entire life and how this is the time to say, why me? Why is this happening to me? What do I need to be doing? Find out what you're going to be doing. And always remember that what you're doing right now is something that you can let go of and start something else. You don't have to have the one thing that you're doing right now that you love be the only thing that defines you. So don't be afraid to start over. Don't be, don't be afraid to challenge yourself and keep pushing all of that great stuff. And you guys, I will have all of Mario's information tagged in the podcast notes. So be sure to support everything that he's doing. Follow all of that great stuff. So thanks, Mario.
You're listening to the You Don't Know Me Yet Podcast Network.